You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 140. When people hire me as a sales coach, and I'm using air quotes, it's not about the sale. It's never about the sale. So the people that don't like to do the selling part of it, listen carefully because it's not about the sale. This is what happens. You ask the great questions. You get these answers. So you know if you're the right person. And if you're not the right person, don't become their don't coach. Don't try to fit in. The, no, because yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it'll always come back and bite you. Okay. So now we know that uh, we're going to have this relationship. As a sales coach, they want to increase their numbers. Okay, great. So tell me what's going on. Well, you know, I'm really not motivated to do this. This is something brand spanking new and I don't have the confidence to do it. There it is. The confidence, the motivation, all of that. Well, when you start to fix that, guess what happens to their sales? They go up. And then they call me and say, oh my God, you're the best sales coach ever. It had nothing to do with sales. Nothing. That's what I'm saying. So if you want to know how to do better Selling, stop selling, ask questions. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show, where each and every week we explore some strategy, tool, and or resource that you can use in your professional coaching to strengthen your skill set, to build your business, to access resources that are going to help make your job that much easier and allow you to have a powerful, masterful relationship with your clients. It is my intention that every week you're able to walk away from this show with some nugget of wisdom, some practical application, something that you can apply to your business to be that much stronger. And value is definitely what Judy Hoberman brings to the show this week. Judy is the president of Walking on the Glass Floor and Selling in a Skirt. Judy is an international speaker a trainer, a coach, an author, a mentor. She sort of just spreads her wisdom across the board and shares her experiences from her 30 years in business about how she has been able to see and actually even have a sense of humor about how men and women sell, how they work, how they live differently, and how we can all be enlightened in our learning about how we in both genders can support each other in our successes, creating more of a difference and bringing our productive work to the world. Judy has written several books, Selling in a Skirt, Famous Isn't Enough, Pure Wealth, and her latest book, Walking on the Glass Floor, which is about the soft skills of leadership. Now, today we're going to look at selling in a skirt and walking on the glass floor and the messages that she has learned from her work as a sales coach to help people connect with others and build the kinds of relationships that help them be successful in their work. The other thing that we do a dive into is what to think about 
if you're in that place of leaving or considering leaving the security of corporate America or the corporate world, wherever you're listening from, to go into entrepreneurship. And some of the things that Judy did to create success for herself when she left a very secure position as a leader that people thought she was crazy to do, to leave that behind to go into business for herself. Today's interview covers so many different things, all with that perspective of how to create success, things to think about, the mindset shift that we might need to make in looking at successful partnership with our clients. So let's go to our interview with Judy Hoberman. Judy, welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is so nice to spend time with you today. I have been looking forward to this for days. So thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited to be here. Well, now when we last spoke, you were headed to Las Vegas to share your wisdom with some women there. So how did your trip to Vegas go? It was good. It, you know, Vegas is different. So everything is different about it. But it, yeah, but it was it was really good. And the message was received well. And it was, there was a lot of men there as well. So it was even more interesting because we talked about leadership and the soft skills and the men were like eating it up because they keep thinking, why are we not included in this in the first place? So it was good. Which is such a good point. So even though today we are going to be focused on your work with women, Mm -hmm. I think the message that we shared even when we were doing our pre-interview is that this is not exclusive to men. What you teach is valuable to anyone thinking about creating those relationships and building that sales presence, which is all built around relationships. We'll kind of circle back around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about your passion. How would you describe your passion and what got you to where you are now? My passion is obviously it's about women. And I like to use the phrase empowering professional women, even though I think empowering is used a lot, it really is what I do. And the thing that got me here is, and I have to say, when I was five, because that's how it started, I'm not going to go through my entire life. But a wise woman told me that if you go back to when you're, you know, four, five, six years old, something happened that made you do what you do today. And sometimes you can't think of it right away. But I knew it right away. Because when I was five, we lived in New York, and my brothers were building a hot rod. And I was watching and my father like grabbed me away and said, you know, girls don't do this. And so I walked away until he left. And then I came back and watched again. And so this went back and forth a couple of times. But the last time I got really too close. And as they were hammering, you know, you could just imagine what happened. And so, you know, in the cheek, in the forehead, the whole thing. And I remember thinking, as much as this hurts, it's going to hurt more with what he's going to say to me about girls don't do this. Girls don't do this. And you don't listen and you're a waste of time and all that kind of nonsense. So I say that because at five years old, I remember that. And I remember, you know, throughout my life, different things that had been said to me about being a girl and being, you know, asking too many questions and, and having to have everybody be your friend and all of that. Well, that's what brought me to this. I started out in insurance. I loved insurance, which is bizarre. It's like an oxymoron, right? (laughs) And then I just, I did really well. And I changed things. I changed it so we would build more relationships. I changed it so it wasn't so transactional. And I did extremely well. And then I was brought into the corporate arena to 
train and coach and do all of those things. And, and I realized for me, I was the wrong place. It was a very toxic environment and that's not who I am. And so, so I even jumped. though, just for a second there, Judy, yeah. even though you felt like you could have some impact, you were able to change things up to have more of your vision, to be more relational. It's still at some point, it was you sort of against the tide and oh, you decided always. you had to, had to create a different place. You had to go elsewhere to be able to truly live to your passion. Absolutely. Because as passionate as I was for the producers in the field was how unimpassioned I was or disempowered, is it un or dis, or whatever it is, I was not passionate <laughs> on that side, because it was so toxic. And so when I decided that I, ha- I had taken enough and had enough and listened to enough, I jumped ship. And people thought I was absolutely insane, because it was a big position. I made a and lot you're of right money. at the top of your field, very successful under those trappings. Yep of what people sometimes view as success. And here you are jumping ship. Yeah, and totally. And I wasn't married at the time. My kids were grown. And here I am in a new state all by myself, not knowing anybody because I traveled so much. And then I just thought, I don't care. I I don't care because at this point, I physically was getting sick and I had no passion, not even for myself. And so I started my company selling in a skirt back in 2009. And really what I wanted to do is I wanted to take what I loved so much and what I was missing and bring it out because I never had a female mentor. I never had a female coach. I, I didn't have anything like that. And right. so the, the very first thing I did is I asked myself, if I was starting, like, what would I want? And that's what I would have wanted. So I went out and I started speaking and coaching and training and brought me to where I am now. How exciting. And I hadn't realized, because we didn't get into this detail in our pre-interview, but our transitions from our old lives happened almost at the same time. So I transitioned from being a psychotherapist and sort of some of the burnout from that in 2007, 2008. So we were sort of in, in that same time frame. And so now you are speaking and writing and coaching and sharing your message. Mm-hmm. What is it that the primary message would you say is it that you're trying to communicate to women? Women want to be treated equally, not identically, which is my tagline. And I use it all the time. And some people get it just like that. And some people say, I don't really understand what that means. And really what it means is there are so many opportunities out there. Just give us the same opportunities that you're going to give John or Steve or Bob or whomever. And let us use what we have, the, you know, our qualities, our inherent qualities, and let us do what we do. Don't ask us to be men. We should not want to do the same things as men because we're not. And it's confusing to the men and the women and to ourselves. So that's really the message. Women want to be treated equally, not identically. And there's so many industries, even where I came from, which is the number one relationship-driven industry, which is financial, it's not great for women. So you have to really work hard to do well, because a lot of times there is nobody that looks like you that can bring you in or help you. You know, I don't ever say somebody should do the business for you, but they can say to you, you know what, Meg, so here where you're in this career, this is, there's going to be a hiccup here. And let me tell you what you can do. That's it. That's all it is. And so, you know, and, and that's really what I do is I try to make create opportunities and show people how they can work together and find the men that will champion women. So they open up doors. And that's the message. So, and that's where the, and particularly in our audience, our audience is primarily coaches. So we, and both men and women. So the men that are listening in, you know, how does this relate to me? One is how can you champion women? How can you open up opportunities or certainly right 
if not open up opportunities, not exclude based upon sex. What are some other ways that you bring your message to men? Well, first, I don't ever exclude men from any of the things that I do. So even mm-hmm. if it's a conference that say women in, mm-hmm. the, the smart men will show up. And the reason I say the smart men will because is because they learned how to have a conversation with women about the things that are important to women. You have to bring women into a conversation. You have to ask their opinion. You know, as a male coach, I would hate to hear somebody say, I'm going to teach you how to sell like a woman. The same way I would never say, let me teach you how to sell like a man because it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Or you have a sales coach that's never sold anything in their lives. It, It just doesn't work. So when I have somebody that comes to me that's a man and I know that either the field that they're in or what they're asking for is out of my expertise, I always have male coaches that I can send them to. Mm-hmm. So you become a resource also. But as a man, you have to be, remember, we speak different languages. We ask questions differently. We listen differently. So you have to really be present. That's the, that's the big secret. Be present so somebody knows you're actually listening. You know, that as a coach, you have to listen, right? Right. So. Well, and being present is one of our competencies. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that active listening and coaching presence and powerful questioning. All of those fit right in also with establishing the relationships that can create business. So one of the things I hear often, Judy, from coaches is I love to coach. I want, you know, I just want to help people and coach, but I hate the selling part. What would your response be to something like that? Stop selling. And it's as simple as that. Stop selling because you're not selling anything. What you're trying to do is you're trying to understand what's happening with this person. Okay. And it's always like they're here. You want to take them here. You have to get through the gap. That's really what it is. If you ask great questions, you're going to hear exactly what their challenge is in their own words. Now, I always tell people, I had to do a class, give a class on active listening. The class was a four-hour class. Nobody can actively listen for four hours. It's impossible, right? So I had to get them up and down and exercises and whatever. And it was we got such good scores that they asked me to do an eight-hour class. And I thought, you have to be crazy because it doesn't work. But the reason I tell you this is because active listening is really hard to do. So I always tell all my clients, when you're meeting someone, get a pad of paper and just say, are you okay if I take notes? If they say no, don't do it. But if they say yes, you have to listen. Because you're taking notes and you're writing what that person is saying in their own words. There's nothing better than that. So you're being present, you're listening, and you're able to give back what they just said to you. So Meg, what you just said to me was blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, how did she get that? How did she know that? Because I listened. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you ask great questions, you also have to listen. And that's, that's a big part of it. I mean, that, that's one of the main things that I always tell people. If you're going to do anything, be a great listener. And if you're going to tap into what somebody needs, you need to be listening for that and then connecting the dots, I would think. So, I mean, you're building the relationship versus let me convince you how I'm what you need kind of thing. Let's build the relationship. And we talked about how so much what you teach in selling is really, it goes to the relationship. Without question. Without, yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because when people hire me as a sales coach, and I'm using air quotes, 
it's not about the sale. It's never about the sale. So the people that don't like to do the selling part of it, listen carefully because it's not about the sale. This is what happens. You ask the great questions, you get these answers. So you know if you're the right person. And if you're not the right person, don't become their don't coach. Don't try to fit in. The, no, because yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it'll always come back and bite you. Okay. So now we know that uh, we're going to have this relationship. As a sales coach, they want to increase their numbers. Okay, great. So tell me what's going on. Well, you know, I'm really not motivated to do this. Or I, you know, this is something brand spanking new and I don't have the confidence to do it. There it is. The confidence, the motivation, all of that. Well, when you start to fix that, guess what happens to their sales? They go up. And then they call me and say, oh my God, you're the best sales coach ever. It had nothing to do with sales. Nothing. Right. That's what I'm saying. So if you want to know how to do better selling, stop selling. Ask questions. I mean, seriously. You know the book Powerful Questions by Andrew Sobel? Yes. Okay. So there's one question in there. I mean, there's a lot of questions in there. And I've been dubbed the question queen, so I know most of them. But they tell you what not to ask. But the best question ever, and especially when you're with somebody that's at a high level, they ask, they tell you to ask, what do you still want to accomplish? Okay. Now, I've asked two different CEOs two different times. You know, we were having a conversation and I said, so what do you still want to accomplish? And they gave me for like 10 or 15 minutes, things that they hadn't said out loud before, things that they really want to do with their company. You, you can't even imagine because then they say to you, so how do we work together? Just like that. So there's no sale. There's no selling if you ask the right questions. So powerful. So you talk about different concepts in each of you. I mean, you have several books. The books that we were sort of focused on were Walking on the Glass Floor. Tell uh, just a little bit about the premise of Walking on the Glass Floor. Well, everybody talks about the glass ceiling. Like, Let's crash through the glass ceiling. What happens then? What, what, where are you? So I talk about the glass floor because once you've gone through the ceiling and you land on the glass floor, it's the flip side. We want to keep you there. We don't want you to tiptoe in and say, oh, I'm going to try this. We want you to land be there. be apologetic about right. being Right. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry I'm here. Yeah. yeah. So we, we want you to get there and we want to keep you there because the recruiting portion of the program is much easier than the retention portion. So if we can get you on the glass floor and, and maybe there's mentoring, maybe there's training, maybe there's just, you know, a few question answer periods, but let's get you there and let's let you shine. So it's really the flip side of the ceiling. And you talk about seven qualities of leadership in that book for women who lead, although I'm assuming that we're looking them over, passion, authenticity, courage, communication, decisiveness, resilience, and generosity Can would be certainly men. be for men as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I was just interviewed by somebody who's a Marine. And he said to me, did you come up with these yourself? I said, yes. He said, do you know that this is all part of the Marines Corps? And he said, so if you came up with this, he said, I just want to congratulate you because this is what we follow. How's that? So yeah, it's for men and women. And then your most recent book, Selling in a Skirt. Now, I know skirt is an acronym. Oh, it's the other way around. Selling in a skirt was first. Skirt was first, yeah. And then, yeah. I just was attracted to selling in a skirt. Well, go for it. Skirt (laughs) is an acronym. So tell us about the acronym. So the S is for standing out because whether you are a salesperson or a coach or whoever you are, there's millions of us. So how, what do you do that makes you stand out in the crowd so people will raise their hand and say, I want to work with you? The K is keys to success. There's something that you're doing that we need to amp up. You know, in my case, it was always asking questions. So I had to put those on steroids in order to be successful. The I is inspiration. Either you're inspiring others or they're inspi- inspiration to you. Whatever it is, you have to make sure that what you're doing aligns with your core values. Otherwise, there's like the clash of the titans. 
The R obviously is results because everybody's measured by some kind of result, people, numbers, dollars, whatever. And then the T is something everybody struggles with, it's time management, because we all have to figure out like where our priorities are and how we're going to spend our time. That's it. So important. What's interesting is I just had a session yesterday with one of my mentor coach, you know, that I mentored this coach. And his question to me was so often people come and they want to be coached because they're an overwhelmer. They need to be coached around time management. So I'm wondering, what are some of the things that you talk to your clients about when it comes to that whole, the whole T and skirt, the whole time management issue? So for me, you have to learn, uh, there's a number of things. One is learning to say no. I mean, you have to say no, because if you say yes to everything, you're saying no to what you really want to do. The other thing is being present, which we just talked about, because that's really part of time management. People think that there is work-life balance and there's no such thing. For me, it's harmony. Wherever you are, you should have harmony. And that means being present. So if you're working, have harmony there. If you're home, have harmony there. Be present. But here's a, you know, something that I always ask, and it's a very powerful thing. It's easy. It's fast. You can, you know, anybody could do it. I'm going to hand you a check for $86,400. You have to spend it. You have to spend it. You cannot put it away. You can't, you know, put it under your pillow. You have to spend it. How are you going to spend it? So everybody always, I'm going to pay off my student debt. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I mean, in seconds, people know it. And I said, okay, so let's be real. Every single day, you have 86,400 seconds. How are you going to spend it? And they are like, I don't know. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. We know how to spend our money, but we don't know how to spend our time. And guess what happens when you go to sleep? A new day starts and you have 86,400 seconds. You can't keep it. can't invest it. It's over. And so if you don't get your priorities straight, you have no time management. And so that is, it's a great exercise. And when I do it, you know, people start to cry and they're like, oh my God, I don't know how to spend my time, you know, and then you start to find your priorities. And sometimes people find it when it's a life-changing event, you know, a bad one, a good one or whatever. But in general, where do you want to spend your time? Because if you don't spend your time, somebody else will spend it for you. Without question. I I have no problem giving us their priorities. And, you know, if we're just standing there with open hands to accept them, then then that's where our time is going to go. That's right. That's right. So one of the other things that you said that I just would love to explore a little bit more is your, when you left the corporate world to get into your own business, because many of our audience are doing the same thing. They've learned to become coaches or they've become certified or they've trained or, but they many times are coming from a nine to five or really nine to nine job, whatever, whatever that is. And they're thinking, oh, that same kind of thing. People saying, well, you don't want to leap into your own business or how can you leave the security of mm-hmm. corporate world? So what would be just some pieces of wisdom you might give if somebody is in that place of thinking, I just can't do this anymore, yet I'm afraid to take a leap? Okay, so part of being a leader is courage and part of being courageous is doing things that you are scared to death to do and you do them anyway. Okay, now I have to say that, but in reality, not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur. That is so true. So you have to know, I mean, there's people like they have to have a you know a steady income and they have to be able to know where they go every single day. And that's great. That's not me. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me, but there are people that do that. But I will tell you, when I resigned, the first thing they didn't do was take my resignation. They wouldn't take it. They wouldn't take it. 
because they, they said, if you leave, the field is going to leave. So just give us some time. Well, it was eight weeks, eight weeks. Okay. And I knew I had a date where if I didn't, if they didn't give me the resignation, I was quitting anyway, I was going to be done. And when you resign, you give everything up. So when I say I jumped, I jumped without my severance or anything, because you lose everything. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so what I did was, I did two things. I got a calendar, a blank calendar, and I had, because I was, I knew by May 21st, I was done. So on May 21st, I circled in red on that calendar and I wrote freedom. So I knew for those eight weeks, I just looked there and I knew, okay, it's only seven weeks. It's only six weeks. The other thing I did was I took my, every time I got money deposited into my account, which my was my salary mm-hmm. on my, whatever they call it now, journal, or I don't even know how you, you know, how you check planner kind of whatever thing. it was. Yeah. I, I marked it investment into my business. So this way, I didn't know what my business was, but this way I didn't resent the fact so much that I was still there, but the money, the money you were made investing into your business. Right. So it was a change of mindset. And sometimes that's what you have to do as well. But the other thing I have to say right up front, when you want to jump, see if you're leaving money on the table, if there's a bonus coming up and it's only, you know, two months away, stay. You earned that money. Don't give it back to them. Don't Not only did you earn that money, and you're right. Yeah, don't don't give it away. The other side of that is don't set yourself up to be in a place of scarcity or desperation when you go into business for yourself. Absolutely. So if it takes an additional two, three months to gather what you've earned and, and to create some level of foundation for yourself, for heaven's right. sakes, give yourself that gift. Absolutely. And that's the first question I always say, is there anything coming up where they, you know, it's a bonus or whatever is coming, don't give it up. And people say, well, I don't think I can last another two months. I'm like, it's going to take you more than two months to start your business. So you yeah. might as well just wait and do it on the weekends or do it at night and get that money. And then after that, they always thank me. Like, oh, no. Right. Right. So it's like, I don't think I can do it. Well, use my trick, pull out the calendar, circle freedom, visualize where you're going. And then I love that tip also. And what can you do in the evenings and on the weekends that make you feel like you're getting traction in the direction you want to go without kind of, what is that expression, selling the farm or whatever, you know, without kind of selling yourself short in that. Yeah. And you know what, like anything else, when you have goals, you go backwards anyway. So if you wanted to quit by May 21st and today is January 21st, you know, you've got four months, five months, whatever it is, what can you do? Like, so on the 21st, you want to make sure that you're ready to go. What do you need to do to go? Do you need to have a website? Do you need to have a logo? Do you need, what do you need? Start doing little things. So on May 21st, when you're jumping, at least you have something. Right. And you're just in that much better of a place. Yeah. And I'm just wondering in your experience, when you're working with people who are beginning businesses for themselves, what do you see as a a good timeframe that people are, should kind of plan before they really are I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule, but in general, to be in a place where they, they're feeling like they built to a place that they can at least sustain. It, you know, it really depends on what the business is. Well, that's true. You know, that's you true. know I mean, coaching is one thing, you know, speaking is another thing doing workshops is another thing, you know, so there's all different things. One, you have to decide what what does sustainment look like? You know, how much do you need? When I, when I was recruiting people for insurance, I asked them two questions. What do you need to make? What do you need? Let's just talk about the need. Okay. Let's not talk about anything else. Okay. Now, what do you want to make? Because that's a big difference also. So we always talk about the need first. So what do you need in order to be self-sufficient? 
you know, what, how much mortgage or rent do you pay? What are your utilities? How much money do you spend on food? You have to just at least, it's almost like, you know, the B word, the budget. But, right. but truly, that's what you need to sustain. My business coach said to me, you have to deposit something in the bank every single day, every day, deposit something. So what can you deposit every day? So I can sell a book every day. Okay, that's $20 every day. Is that going to sustain me? Probably not. But you get into the habit of making a deposit every single day. And so, you know, sometimes you think about that. Okay, good. The other thing that you had mentioned that I think would be interesting to everybody is different ways that people in our business bring in income. So some people just coach, but often we're speakers, we do trainings or workshops, we might do some consulting around some things as well. But primarily in the speaking and author and workshop field, which I know you're very strong in all of those. What is the difference in sort of how you create a market for yourself in those different, is there, do you approach those differently in the way that you create those relationships and, and market yourself in those, in those categories? I do the same exact thing. I really do. You know, when somebody says to me, so tell me about what your business does. I say speaking, coaching, training. And then I go into a little bit, here's what we speak about. Here's what we train about. Here's what we coach about. Plus I've also, I'm an author and I have a radio show. So I give them, you know, this is what it is, but I market myself the same way. You know, I do, I, whatever I'm doing I have to be able to accommodate all three because it's that's my triangle. I have three things in my triangle. So whatever, if I'm coaching, I talk about speaking training. If I train, I'm talking about coaching speaking. You know, so it's it's constant like that. I don't think there's anything that's different, other than sometimes how you get your clients. You know, when you speak, a lot of times it's people that are sitting there that say, "Oh, you need to come and speak for my group," or "You need to do this." When you're coaching somebody, it does, it's not always a referral. I mean, I have clients that I'm their biggest secret. They won't tell anybody that they have a coach because they have a very big position. Mm-hmm. I'm like their secret weapon. And they would be the best, the best testimonials ever, but they won't do but it. But you're not going to get them. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. So it's not always that you're getting a referral, but you know, you have to put yourself in situations where you have the ability to meet people that could be your clients and or your strategic partners. And that's how you get people. Mm-hmm. So I don't market myself differently. And in fact, even on social media, I post the same thing on all of my channels, everything, same exact thing. So I'm, I'm marketing myself. I'm marketing my brand. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me if I had changed my algorithms and I am not a tech person. So I said, oh my God, if I did something wrong, please tell me. And he said, no, 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 it's really good. I see it. I see your stuff every day. I'm like, okay, whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm just going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery to me, but if it's but working, that is I'm just good. <laughs> Share a little bit about your, your talk show. So my show is really about, again, empowering professional women, but it's also about the men that champion them. So my guests are always people that bring value to women, male or female. I don't care. If you tell me like, and I have a lot of people that ask, can you, I be on your show and tell me what you talk about? They, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a rock and roll artist. Okay. Is there a story behind that? No, no. I just, I just, I'm like, yeah, this is great, but let me give you a different station to go to because I'm not the right person. So I'm, I'm pretty careful about what we do, but we talk about sales and we talk about leadership. We talk about as an entrepreneur and also corporate because we have a good mix of people that listen in. So, but you know, it's a lot of fun. It is work because I have to do research on my people. I don't just go in blind like you did, you know, you, you talked to me, you got some information. So you at least knew who I was. 
it's very bad when you go on somebody's show and they've never even even pronounced your name or looked at your website. And you're thinking, okay, this is not going to be good. You know, and by so. the way, Judy has a lovely website, <laughs> excerpts of her book that you can download yeah. and information about her speaking and her, her show. So how would people access your show? So you can do it one of two ways. You can either follow me all over social media because I will have the link to it, or you can go right to Die, uh, to Die Heart, I Heart Radio after the show, and you, you'll be able to see all my shows and you can listen to all of them. So iHeart has probably four years of my show. Wow. Yeah. And your show is Selling in a Skirt. Selling in a Skirt. Yeah. yeah. So look it up, people. Selling in a Skirt. Your social media handle is also Selling in a Skirt. Selling in a Skirt or Judy Hoberman. It's one or the other. That's that's So right, yeah. you have been in this field for so long, bringing value, leaving your footprint everywhere with that value that, you know, people, if you're interested, you can probably spend hours learning <laughs> from uh, what Judy has already supplied and what she will continue to do so. So Judy, what have I not asked you that you would like to be sure that we talk about, if anything? The only thing that, you know, a lot of people don't know is that we have a foundation. And I don't know if we even discussed this or not, but a few years ago, my mission has always been, it's where it started was a few years ago, to help one woman a day. And wherever I would go, when I'd say, I want to help one woman a day, there'd always be a woman that would raise her hand and say, can I be your woman today? And it's very humbling because we all know that women don't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And so, and every time they did it, I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And people would say, well, why don't you want to help 10 women a day or a thousand women a day? And I said, one woman exponentially is a lot of women. Well, last year, my husband said to me when my book came out, when Walking on the Glass Floor came out, he said, there's got to be another way that you can help more women. And so we built a foundation. And I mean, it is a 501c3, so it's a real foundation. And what it is, it's about empowering women to be able to learn more, grow more, do more things, because there are women that can't afford a coach or a mentor or going to workshops or any of those things. Absolutely. There are people that are underserved or underprivileged. So por portions of the proceeds from walking on the glass floor go to our foundation. And we in turn can give money back to other foundations, to charities, to scholarships. And, and so that's a really strong passion of mine is about giving back. And so this is just another way that we're able to do that. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks. And the name of your foundation is walking on the glass floor? Okay, excellent. Yeah. And people could look that up through... You can go to, well, we, we have a separate website, Walking on the Glass Floor, which you okay. can go to. And so the foundation is, is right on there because it tells you all about it and how to get involved. And, and really, it's just getting the message out. That's all it is, is getting the message out. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for getting that message out and getting your message out to us today. It has been delightful to spend time with you. And thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. So I want to thank Judy one more time for bringing her perspective and her expertise to the show. One of the things that really resonates with me whenever I speak with an expert in the field of selling or marketing is how often that concept comes up that it is truly our 
skill set as coaches in creating relationships, in active listening, in truly understanding the needs of the person that we're talking to that is far more powerful in creating that business partnership than any kind of, quote, sales. And I loved having Judy share her experience with us. If you'd like to know more about Judy, about her foundation of walking on the glass floor, the concepts in selling in a skirt, go to the show notes at starcoachshow.com and the links will be in the show notes. There's also links on our resource page at starcoachshow.com. If you are getting value from the show and are enjoying it, consider leaving a rate and review at Apple Podcasts. The more rates and reviews the show gets, the more coaches are alerted to the fact that the show's here. And if, in fact, you have someone in your life who you know would benefit from the show, who might not even know about the show, I would so appreciate you sharing the links with them so that they can dive in and determine if they can get value from the things that are offered each week. So until next week, this is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Be sure to tune in again next week. And if you never want to miss a show, subscribe to the show. Have an awesome week. Bye-bye.